Hello. Thanks for turning on this podcast. The sermon you're about to hear was preached at Faith Lutheran Church in Meadow Vista, California. You can check out our website at faithmv.net. Thanks for listening. Today's scripture comes from the Gospel according to Mark, the ninth chapter, verses 2 through 9. Six days after that, Jesus took Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain where they could be alone. And there Jesus was transfigured before their eyes. The clothes Jesus wore became dazzlingly white, whiter than any earthly bleach could make them. Elijah appeared to them, as did Moses, and the two were talking with Jesus. Then Peter spoke to Jesus, Rabbi, he said, how wonderful it is for us to be here. Let us make three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Peter did not know what he was saying, so overcome were they all with awe. Then a cloud formed, overshadowing them, and there came a voice from out of the cloud, This is my beloved, my own. Listen to this one. Then suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, only Jesus. As they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until after the promised one had risen from the dead. The Gospel of our Lord. So let's get ready to die. (laughs) Uh, You heard me right. Time to get ready to die. Not really what you want to hear, is it? We don't even need to actually talk about dying. Let's just talk about hard times. Suffering. Difficult moments. Difficult years. Maybe even just a plain old difficult life. We would much rather be told that things are going to be just peachy. We would much rather take the easy road. We'd like to save ourselves a lot of trouble, a lot of pain and suffering. We'd much rather hear, hey, get ready for smooth sailing and sunny days and laughter and joy. But we know that life doesn't quite work that way. There are, in fact, bad days. There are challenges that we cannot avoid. There are things that bring us to our knees. There are times that we're not sure we can get through. And the harsh truth is that we are not guaranteed blissful days, carefree lifetimes. We are not promised mountaintop experiences. Neither were Jesus' disciples. In fact, Jesus has just said to them prior to this moment we heard, get ready to die. Before this moment on the mountaintop, Jesus had begun to talk to the disciples about death, his and theirs. It's the first of three times in the Gospel of Mark that he tries to explain to his disciples that bad things are coming. I'm going to share the scene that comes right before what Michelle read. Peter, James, and John had gone up to the mountain with Jesus. But just before then, Jesus asks, Who do you say that I am? And Peter answers, You are the Messiah. But Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell anyone about him. And then Jesus began to teach them that the promised one had to suffer much, 
be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the religious scholars, be put to death, and rise again three days later. Jesus said these things quite openly. Peter then took him aside and began to take issue with him. And at this, Jesus turned around, eyeing the disciples. He reminded Peter, get behind me, you Satan. You are judging by human standards rather than by God's. And so Jesus summoned the crowd and the disciples, and he said, if you wish to come after me, you must deny your very self, take up your cross, and follow in my footsteps. If you would save your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you'll save it. Now, I want you to remember what it means to take up your cross. Because when we read that, when we hear that, we think of a cross. A cross on a necklace. The cross of Christ that we decorate on Easter as a celebration of the resurrection and the overcoming of death. Those disciples had no notion of that kind of a cross. When they hear, take up your cross, they hear, take up the instrument of torture and death that your oppressors use on a regular basis and follow me. Get ready to die. To be honest, Jesus is not painting a great picture of discipleship right now. Furthermore, he has just told them, in a roundabout way, that he himself is not going to just die, but be put to death. And so Peter protests. Of course he protests this news. Why wouldn't you? How many of you responds to somebody saying, well, we're just going to die? You say, no, 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 we're not going to die. It's going to be fine. No, 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 you're not going to die, Jesus. You don't need to do this. And Jesus says, stop it. Let go of your small vision. There's a bigger picture here, and you need to focus on that. I do not believe this is what they were expecting from a Messiah, the Messiah. And so we leave this difficult exchange, and we move to this mountaintop where what happens? Jesus starts glowing. Ancestors from the past appear and start talking with Jesus. God's voice is heard, as Adam reminded us. Listen to this one. And I wonder if Peter thought, what a relief. Okay, this guy is the real deal. Let's hang out up here and forget about that whole cross and dying thing. Today is the final Sunday in the season of Epiphany. Epiphany begins on January 6th every year. And it's the day we remember the coming of the foreign kings or the wise men to recognize Jesus. To, sh- to show forth, which is what epiphany means, to show forth who Jesus was. Sometimes I think of the word epiphany as an aha moment. But it's a showing forth. So either way, you think of it aha or showing forth, whatever. The season of epiphany always ends with this story. The story of the transfiguration. Another aha moment where the disciples, well, the three, James, John, and Peter, have seen Jesus in all his glory. It's the moment where James and John and Peter get the full picture. Whereas up until now, it's been a partial picture, right? 
Here's Jesus doing some healing. Here's Jesus doing some teaching. Here's Jesus being Jesus. And then, oh, and here's Jesus being God. Big picture. Big picture. This Jesus is more than he first appears to be. Aha, this is the one. There on the mountaintop, those disciples were shown the glory of God as Jesus changes appearance and then is joined by Moses and Elijah. And we could go into the whole theological reasoning for Moses and Elijah, but let's just say, in shorthand, Jesus joins them in the line of the prophets. This connection to Moses and Elijah is no small thing. So not only do we see the glory of God, we see the connection to the whole history of God's people. This is probably the happy ending that the disciples were hoping for, I'm guessing. Jesus in all his glory, connected to the ancestors. It's going to be smooth sailing from here on out, that whole death thing. We thought he was the Messiah, the anointed one, the king that we had been promised, and now we know. This is most excellent. Surely this one will not allow himself to be put to death. So here's another kind of cool thing about this story. It happens in the actual center of the Gospel of Mark. So we have eight chapters in the Gospel of Mark. Jesus basically ascending in his ministry, right? He's healing. He's going around teaching. We get to the transfiguration. And then we have eight more chapters descending towards the cross and resurrection. This is clearly a high point for the gospel writer. This is a big moment. I, I was reading somewhere uh, a theologian who thought we don't make enough of the transfiguration in our liturgies and our, our church traditions. Um, this is no small event. So right here in the middle, on the mountaintop, between warnings about death and before things get really difficult, we get a glimpse of the resurrection. We get a glimpse of what God's glory really is. The power and majesty of God is revealed in this promised one. I believe the transfiguration to be a gift. A gift to these three disciples. A blessing that they could hold on to when things got rough. Because we all know things didn't just get easy after this. Right? They got harder. Harder and harder. To death. When things start going downhill, it is hard to hold on to hope. It is hard to remember that God has promised resurrection. It is hard to believe that this is only a temporary experience. It is hard to believe that good will in fact triumph. It is hard to believe that we do not struggle in vain. It is easier to get through, to walk this journey, if we are certain that the path we are on is going to lead us to resurrection. It is easier when we know that whatever happens, we have the power of God going with us. 
It's not just some nice rabbi from Nazareth. What if this is an aha moment, not just about who Jesus is, but it's an aha moment about what that means for us? We would indeed prefer that life was smooth sailing, easy times, no suffering, avoiding death of any sort. But we cannot skip to the end and avoid the difficult journey. Many of us in this room are in the middle of a difficult journey. Some of us have just finished a difficult journey. Some of us are anticipating a difficult journey. This mountaintop moment right here in the middle of a difficult life shows us that we do not experience God's power and glory by skipping to the end of the story. We do not experience God's power and glory by avoiding the dark valley of death. In fact, we experience God's power and glory by walking right through that valley, by taking the path that leads us through rocky terrain, the barren places, the valleys and the hills. And we get through it because we are blessed by this knowledge of who Jesus really is. Who Jesus is for us and for the world. Because we know that God's presence is with us, just as Henry said, everywhere, all the time. We are never left on our own in this. We are assured that the power and glory of God go with us to sustain us and encourage us with the hope of the resurrection. We enter into Lent in this next week. We enter into a time, quite honestly, of thinking about death quite a bit. For some of us, that's not something we do all the time, and for some of us, it is ever-present in our minds and hearts. But either way, we can do it, because we know we don't go that path by ourselves. There is nothing that will come at us in these days that the power of God cannot outshine and overcome. Of this, I am certain. As we enter into Lent in this next week, I invite you to think about when you have seen or experienced the glory of God. And I'll just add to that, how might you hold on to that experience to sustain you in those dark, difficult days?